Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Um, uh, pickles. Pickles in a barrel. Yeah? Yep, they're in that barrel. I don't know if I've ever seen pickles in a barrel, but that would be... I bet it's happened at some point in history. Yeah, aged barreled pickles. Barrel-aged pickles? Barrel-aged pickles. Bourbon barrel-aged pickles. <laughs> We're going to start that. We're going to start that. We have a new business venture. Fuck podcasting. Right. We now need in, need to get in. We need to buy some bourbon casks right. first. Where do we do that? I don't know. Google it. Google bourbon it. casks. Well, yeah. And then we need... Do we? The question is, do we buy the pickles and then age them? Or do we make <laughs> the pickles ourselves? Uh, we can grow the pickles. We grow the cucumbers and then pickle those cucumbers. And okay. Then, so this is a long process, it sounds like. It is. I mean, I'm pretty sure to barrel age something bourbon <laughs> infused, whatever, it needs like six years? Yeah. And add like several months because you have to pickle the cucumbers. Okay. So <laughs> in six years and three months, right. you all can purchase your right. bourbon barrel aged Ben and Ian pickles at your local grocer. Keep there an eye out. There you go. Keep an eye out. We'll be there. It's going to happen. It's a thing. And you can tell us how that pickled bourbon tastes. Yep. Pickles and bourbon. And this is it. This We're not going to do the podcast today. That's we need it. to go start pickling these cukes. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Take it easy. We let the barrel-aged pickles go. We gave we up about we, five yeah. minutes in. We are going to do the podcast. It's really hard. It's super hard. Did you know pickling yeah. stuff really isn't that hard, but <clears throat> it's hard for us. This yeah. is easier. We already have the mics. We're just going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah, It's too fine. many flicks. It's too many flicks. I'm Ben. My name's Ian. And we're here to give you some movie news, some comic book movie news, some stuff about Netflix. We talk trivia. about trailers and, and shit. Yeah, you know, and it's stuff. Just a bunch of good, tasty fucking jams. Tasty jams. You know what? Let's get into our first segment then. How does that sound? I think that sounds yeah. Let's fucking do it. Tasty, tasty trailer, trailer. Mm, that's good. That's real good. All right. First up on the docket is the King's Man, and it comes out the 14th of February of next year. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn, and it's starring Ralph Fiennes, Harrison Dickinson, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Charles Dance, and Gemma Archington. One man must race against time to stop history's worst tyrant and criminal mastermind from wiping out millions of people. Oh boy, let me tell you, this movie looks great. It looks better than the sequel, which wasn't bad, but left it, a lot to, to be desired. Yeah, it right? wasn't as good as the first. No, not at all. The first was yeah. just such a classic, and the second one was like, alright, that's a good action film, but it doesn't have that... There were some head scratchers. Exactly. There, there were some, yeah. some emotional moments, too, that it kind of missed. Um, I'm glad they're going back, actually. I'm not a huge fan of prequels. Um, I tend to think that they just kind of are money grabs and kind of like... I don't... I like the lore to be left unopened for a lot of things, but I think this might need it. I think it's good. I think this will give the franchise some much needed weight within the lore, and we can really see how the Kingsmen were developed. I like this. I like this trailer a lot, and I think it hit the right tones. It's a, It seems a lot more dark in nature than the other two. Yes, they have dark moments, but they're pretty lighthearted and action-packed and fast. This one seems more in the vein of a war spy thriller. 
not really thriller, but more uh, spy war, like action adventure than the rest, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. I think that the war aspect of it is really cool because mixing that spy genre with such a, a war that's not covered a lot. We see a lot of right. World War One scenes and that's that's cool because so often I think the market gets saturated with World War Two films. Right. We so very rarely see what preceded it. And I think that in particular is really, really ripe for some good spy storylines just because there was so much happening behind the scenes and it was a different time you know the communication was vastly different and there was a little more there was a, a little more shadow to stay in and hide in and i think that works really well for the kingsman i am confused just a little bit i want to go back and rewatch the first one if this fucks with the continuity of the lore that they established because oh, yeah. you remember where colin firth is taking taron egerton right right yes uh-huh. he's taking taron egerton to the the shop or whatever and he's like we were the tailors of a bunch of kings and that's how we got our money and we just started to decided to do our own thing this seems kind of like it's not disrespecting that but sort of putting that to the side and they're they're changing up the script a little bit yeah a little bit i I also had questions about continuity as well. I, I definitely have to go back and watch the first one and or read the comics um, that they're based on. But I know that the movies are loosely based off of comics, if sure, anything. Sure, yeah. So maybe this is more comic book accurate. I don't know if anyone's read the um, the, the issues of Kingsman. Let us know. because I would be I'm interested to hear how, yeah, yeah. how faithful they stay. Uh, because, uh, yeah, this does seem like, just by recalling the first one, that that bit of dialogue i'm like wait hold up right <laughs> yeah, exactly like, they yeah, gave me a little it. bit of pause but you got ray fines right. in it you can sell me on just about anything you right, put ray fines in it you yeah, could tell true. me that ray fines is in the emoji movie sequel and i'd be like i gotta see it right I patrick stewart was in the first one i know which just I, you played baffles me to this day it will always and forever be a head scratcher it's that paycheck it is <laughs> It's true, true. Speaking of paychecks, I'm sad that there's no Halle Berry. She was so excited to play a Kingsman, and then they just sort of went backwards in time. They're like, psych! So what I can understand is that there is a sequel coming, but this is going to precede the sequel. Maybe there's a tie-in. Mm, to Maybe, maybe they th- something they do here right. affects what happens in Kingsman 4 or 3 or what, whatever. Or it could be time travel. Wouldn't that be crazy? That, that <laughs> Maybe Halle Berry does appear in this. Right. We just don't know it yet. We don't know. Rasputin looks like he appears in this. Don't you think that Russian guy with the beard looked kind of Rasputin-y? Yeah, he did. They don't straight out say it, right, but it like, I feel like anytime World War One shit is happening, like Rasputin is there. Like, right. Hellboy Rasputin is <laughs> there. You know, they, it's just fucking... It just, yeah, they go hand in hand. They're, they're going with the trope. <laughs> I, I bet you, I would bet bottom dollar right. that Rasputin is the big bad in this film. It, <clears throat> it lives up to the creative, awesome action sequences. Matthew Vaughn is back in the director's seat the i for me the most eye-catching shot is when they are sword fighting and the camera like punches in as the sword like like glides along the other like deflecting sword like so many cool shots this it's gonna be it's gonna be a a fun ride one way or another but i think this will be really really good i think this is a great way to open up the the franchise but i also think that they can do what they did in the second one by introducing different 
services like the Kingsmen mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the Statesmen and uh, the U.S. Maybe there's one in China or Japan or Korea, which would be really cool to see. And you can really open it. You could play with a lot of stuff here. Certainly, a yeah. lot of different groups. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see it in, on February around uh, not Christmas <laughs> around. <laughs> wow. We've moved Christmas uh, officially yeah, to, to February. February. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's what we're doing. Uh, to around uh, Valentine's Day. I think this is on Valentine's Day, isn't it? It is. This yeah. is quite a romantic <laughs> film to go to if you want to take your loved ones out and uh, watch it or not watch it. I don't know what you do when you watch a movie with That's true. Maybe you could pay for that ticket and not watch a movie. Uh, yeah, do you, man. Get get your hustle on. <laughs> <laughs> that leads us to our next trailer. My friends, we're taking a look at Hustlers. It comes out September 13th and it is directed by Lorene Scafaria and it's starring Lily Reinhart, Jennifer Lopez, Constance Wu, Lizzo, Usher, Kiki Palmer, and Cardi B. Yup, you yep. heard that right, friends. Now, this film is inspired by a New York Magazine article by Jessica Pressler that went viral, where it covers former strip club employees banding together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. What? 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 This movie. E, what do you think? I got some strong feelings. <laughs> Mostly that musicians acting is not always a bad thing, but it is, in my opinion, a very, very 50-50 gamble. Yes. I I find that some artists, and this goes likewise for actors trying to be musicians. Some artists think that just because they're really good at one thing, that they can effortlessly glide into another thing. And that's not necessarily the case. That being said, that being said, Lorene Scafaria, I did a little bit of research. This is her third directorial feature film fifth if you include some tv movies but she's got a pretty decent track record so she knows what she's doing the production company stx films they're pretty hit or miss but again <laughs> i i know the soundtrack will be lit yes we can say that for for certain i have no qualms or worries about the soundtrack and it's a good good fun premise it just needs good execution yeah i i completely agree you do get 50 50 with actors who may not have had training before or uh, not actors but musicians who may not have had training before becoming actors. J- Jennifer Lopez is good. She's done. She's, she's done her work. Herself. Yeah, she's. It's the other pieces around her that precisely because you, you notice that Cardi B didn't have any lines of dialogue in this. Neither did Lizzo, who we all love, and you uh, saying her name invokes her spirit. Lizzo's great. She's fantastic. Cardi B, uh, she's good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just, I just want, right. I want some respect for the craft of acting because I find so many people just being like, I think I'm just gonna try acting now, right. and it's that's great. I want you to be a part of the art that I love to make and share, but have some respect for it. I'm not going to step into a recording studio and be like, let me just make a a pop hit for you. Let me just make a little bop for you. Because I know that it takes work and it takes like training and it takes effort. For for every Jared Leto, there's a DMX. (laughs) There you go. What a comparison. For every Leto, there's a DMX. Because DMX, okay, like, granted, wasn't terrible, but, like, he's DMX. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it's like, you know, there wasn't too much acting going on. But, um, <laughs> what you really want? <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, Hustlers, 
I, you know, I am torn because again, the the trailer was pretty decent, but I thematically it's the, there. Yeah, thematically is there. It looks like it could be a really good time and and, and a solid story involving some pretty strong women. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just one of those things you, you got to kind of see it. You got to have to have your ass in that theater and be like, okay, is this good or not? Yeah, this, it's one yeah. of I I eagerly await to hear more. At this time, I remain cautiously optimistic. I'm going to use yeah, it. Do you I, use remain, it. I remain cautiously optimistic. Constance Wu is good. J-Lo's done her time. She's good. It's just the people around them. Here's something that confuses me. She's not top build, but Julia Stiles is in this. Oh, wow. And that, that just says something to me, the market, that's the, like the, the mentality, rather, around this film, where they're like, yo, stack it with a bunch of musicians that are famous, and those names pop out, and we're going to market it that way. Whereas, like, I know Julia Stiles. I know right. that she's good. You tell me she's Julia Stiles is in something, that's really cool to me. I, I haven't and seen also, something from her in a hot minute. Also, Kiki Palmer is a pretty decent um, actor as well, who's been in a lot of stuff, and she gets, like, maybe a line of dialogue. So, to me, this could be one of two things a really great story told with a great director and it will be a fantastic movie or at least a solid b plus maybe even a who knows i'm but, ho- i'm hoping for that a you but know? the the pessimist in me is like this seems like a vehicle for j-lo I wrote that down. I <laughs> right. said this is, if nothing else, right. a J Lo vehicle movie, which yeah. is, you know, it's good. She she needs she, her work doing her thing, but at the same time, movies like that, especially with people who have a little bit of an ego, tend to cater things around them and their character, and then that doesn't leave much for any other characters or any other pieces of of dialogue and our story. So it. I don't know, because she just talks the entire time. And I'm it like, is J-Lo <laughs> essentially narrating the plot of the movie. Yeah. Constance gets in a few little lines. A little lines, yes. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. 98% of the trailer is J-Lo just talking about what they're going to be doing. <laughs> Which could be great. Again, again, we don't know. We'll have to watch the September the 13th. It could be. One sec. I'm about to pop this can. I'm pretty sure I also definitely like drank some coffee audibly while we were talking Uh-oh. about this film. We Sorry, drank coffee friends. during this, y'all. We drink coffee. If you didn't know last time, we caffeinate I'm with that. Some coffee right drink now. Drink that coffee and I'm going to pop this top. Mm. That's a little ASMR ah, little movie. We are doing ER, um, <laughs> we are doing ER movie uh, tasty trailers. Um, we know that our listeners like it talk soft. <laughs> and talk soft and semi-monotonous so that yeah. way you can put it on and be lulled to sleep and not have to worry about the awful state of things <laughs> in the country today. <laughs> Oh, and this is fresh air. This is fresh. <laughs> Let's go and turn next. Okay, thing. yeah. Well, there's no transition. There's, there's no transition. Uh, the Red Sea Diving Resort. And it comes out July the 31st, and it's on Netflix. It's directed by Gideon Raff, and it's starring Chris Evans, Haley Bennett, Ben Kingsley, Mikhail Hausman, and Michael K. Williams. International agents and brave Ethiopians use a deserted retreat in Sudan as a front to smuggle thousands of refugees to Israel in the early 1980s. Whoa, so this uh, has a lot to pack. I will say this. I'm going to start off with the good stuff. Start with the good. Michael K. Williams looks amazing in this role. Mm, mm-hmm. He um, He's dialed in. I think this is some of the best acting he's done. If you guys don't know him, he's from uh, Boardwalk Empire. He was in an episode of Community. He was also The Wire. He was one of the best characters in The Wire. Um, he's a great actor, and I, I'm glad to see him playing this. And the second half of the trailer, at least musically wise, worked well. And uh, that is as far as I go with... And also the story is really cool. 
cool. I think it's very interesting. I think there we need to shine a light on things that are going on in Africa and how people don't care, and that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That being said, this movie's trailer was very frustrating. Um, confusing. Confusing even. on two fronts. They market it, seemed as an action thriller, and I'm like, that's not necessarily the tone I would have gone with. It's just like, it's kind of the Ted Bundy effect, but Ted Bundy, that trailer had a purpose, and this one doesn't really. So it's like, boom, boom. They they needed to do a resort. Boom, boom. To get these Ethiopians to safety. Like, so I feel <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Like, and the music was weird. It's just like, okay, so this is a serious, these are, this is dealing with people's lives and genocide and all this crazy shit. I don't need you to market it to me as an action-packed movie. I The action is going to be inherent with the fucking source material. Mm-hmm. I need you to just focus on the reality of the situation, and I think you do a disservice to these people who this is actually covering by trying to cater in some marketing quote-unquote bullshit um, because you got Chris Evans. Like, well, you know what this is. I like, this is Chris Evans. Who, uh, no one's going to come out to see this because Chris Evans is in it. And there's no knock on Chris Evans. I love him. I think he's a really progressive individual. I, I like him a lot as a person and actor. But I think when you come aboard something right off the heels of an Avenger movie, maybe if I were Chris, I probably wouldn't have taken this bit. But I get why he wanted to. But what that does as far as marketing is concerned is you create this trailer where they're like, well, Chris Evans is in it, so come and see it. Sure, and then you sure. learn about the Ethiopians. I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting. Go on. No, I, I think you're making excellent points. Right. Uh, one of my one, one something that I do uh, hope we get is a hearty amount of the story told from Michael K. Williams's character. Yes. From his perspective, because I think that that's I think you're absolutely right that the marketing for this movie got caught up in Chris Evans being a part of it and him being such a bankable, marketable star. And so Netflix was unsure the tone that they wanted to take. I think we have to the wait and see just what the movie is as right. opposed to the trailer because I'm hoping that the trailer isn't indicative of what the movie actually is. The movie has a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. Right. Two hours and ten minutes. There are multiple hours, not just a singular hour <laughs> that makes two. But I, I think that that gives a lot of room for good character development. I think that gives a lot of room for some of the action sequences that we see. Right. That being said, I'm, I'm a little concerned because the director doesn't have a lot of success in his past movies. It just, it looks like this, this... I, I am very, very unsure. I, I I want it to be good. I think I wrote down that it looks like a more thematically confused Argo. <laughs> yes. yes. To some extent. Like they're brilliant. both they're both based on famous past covert operations that involve exfiltration. I, I hope that it's good, but again, I think that if this is to be a story that is not a straight-up white savior story, regardless of the historical accuracy of the film, which I don't even think it is that accurate, because I don't know... It, it was an Israeli covert op that this story is based around, and I don't know... I'm not even going to unpack that. Jesus yeah. Christ. None of the operatives look like they're from Mossad. I'm just going to say that. Like, Chris... <laughs> 
Evans, you I can't unpack that right now. Too much. Right. I think if you want this film to not be a white savior film, you need to have the story be a, have a strong central focus around Williams's character. That's just that's just the way that you have to do it. Okay, so I'm gonna try to make this trailer better in um, yes, approximately please. 30 seconds. Hit me with it. Much time. So you 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 start off the trailer immediately from Michael K. Williams's perspective. Mm-hmm. Then you have a bunch of shots of the people in Ethiopia. Just mm-hmm. shots of their homes where they're going. I mean, less like you see a little bit of the life. You you don't put this actiony bullshit music in there. It's a somber tone, maybe with some heart underneath it, so it's not too sad. And then you from there you make sure the focus and the point of view is on the Ethiopian people. And then you have sparkles and sprinkles of Chris Evans and the other quote unquote white folks in the movie. Uh, you, you you if you want to market Chris Evans, you could do that. That's fine, but make sure you do it in a way that is deliberate um, and tasteful, tasteful, um, and not too much of him. I yes, I would say that just a couple of quick shots of him. You got us those people mm-hmm. who were like, "What mm-hmm. is this?" You got him hooked. You got him hooked. You don't even need to give us too much of the story. It's you can Google it. We can find out what the, the what actually happened. What actually happened? Sure. I wouldn't even go that far. You just slow. You got to get these people. We got to uh, these immigrants to a certain destination, and that's it. So that's how it would handle. I don't know, but no, maybe no, that's I too think, hard for. I, I think that that's a very very good rewrite of the trailer. Put someone get this man an application for right. Netflix's marketing team because they yeah, they please. need to take some notes. They'll greenland anything. <laughs> I mean, they are throwing darts. At, they're casting a wide net. Right. They're casting a wide net. Chris Evans is also likewise casting a wide net because we just covered Knives Out a right, few yeah. weeks ago or last week and, and he looks great in that and I'm hoping that he does equally well in this. Yeah. It just, I, I hope that the story is less confused than it's marketing. Yeah, it's a, it just is a bad trailer. That doesn't mean the movie is bad um, but they are playing with fire. When, in this particular instance, they are playing with fire, Ben, <laughs> which coincidentally, I don't know how this happened. What uh, what a quinky dink right. is the name of the next movie that we're covering. <laughs> we're talking about playing with fire, friends. It comes out November 8th. It's directed by Andy Fickman, and it's starring Brianna Hildebrand, John Cena, Judy Greer, John Lequizamo, and Keegan-Michael Key. A crew of rugged fighters. Fighters? Firefighters. <laughs> it's an mma movie hold on (laughs) fuck a crew of rugged firefighters meet their match when attempting to rescue three rambunctious kids oh how cute how fucking cute Right, they can put out fires but they can't you know deal with kids handle kids This this film looks sweet. It does. There's there's no two ways to put it. You can't look too far into this. No one is trying to unpack anything except for how sweet it is to have that childlike innocence rub off on some people who forgot what it was like to have fun in life. Yeah, they said John Cena's in this, but I couldn't see him at all in the entire trailer. Like, so I don't know. <laughs> John Cena. I quit. I fucking quit. Goodbye for good. This is the end. Fuck. 
Yeah, but it's a it's a fun trailer. You can't affect it. it's the Nickelodeon Studios. Like it's yeah, if they're if not trying to win a goddamn Oscar. No. They're trying to have fun. They're trying to make money. Exactly. And if you can do both, then fuck. Do it. It's so weird. I feel like John Cena is really taking the Rock's approach to how he busted into film. Because you remember the Rock had a cameo appearance in uh the third mummy. That's right. Then he yeah. became the Scorpion King. Okay, yep. and those movies were that bombed. Bombed. But then he started being the uh getting these roles as like the tooth fairy and mm-hmm. this the quarterback or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Wasn't this he in name. like the race to which mountain? Yeah, or some the right like these that? really Disney like heavy movies yeah. like with yeah. kids and families and the journey to the center of the earth too. Like oh, yeah, before he like bulked up severely and became this like franchise Viagra. But I mean, <laughs> it, it it makes sense though because what you right. do when you do that is you make yourself marketable and familiar to many demographics. Right. The parents have to take the kids to see the film. Right. The kids see you. Like if you can charm both of those, you know, the the middle aged to older folks and the young new folks, then X amount of years down the line, like holy cow, like then you got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people that. know your face. You're marketable. You're you're a household name. He he did it a little differently because he started in blockers. That's true. Did he start in blockers? I feel like he was in something else. He might have been in something before that. He was in the Marine. Oh. Do you remember those movies? No. <laughs> yeah. For good reason. WWE sure. Studios. So you know they were a banger. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon Studios is a big step up. It's a big, yeah, that's a sad. <laughs> Nickelodeon's a big step. Like, good for him. Good for you, dude. You're good on you, bro. Moving on up, man. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the. I probably won't see this. I'm not gonna lie, unless it's on Netflix and like I'm drunk. <laughs> but like, sure. But that's like, fair. I'm sure this will be fine, right? We're sure I, I, it's it's really? a family movie. It looks really really cute. Keegan Michael Key looks hysterical as always. John Cena looks like he is doing an admirable job. I don't know, you know, I don't know where he's at right now. I haven't seen any of his acting per se, but you know, I think that he is committed to to this. He he's wants reading to, those lines. He's he, reading. He's, the same dialogue. He hasn't memorized. I'm willing to bet he hasn't memorized. I'm willing to bet he came to set with the lines. He's hitting in his, his in mark. His noggin. He's hitting his mark. It's always important. He's in frame. Okay, and here this is this is unfair because you asked me off <laughs> off record how I thought his acting compared to the rocks. I and did. I think I don't think that you can compare them today. Right. I think you need to look at his acting over the course of what, like three-ish films? Correct. In comparison to where the the Rock, Rock was, was after three, three films. That is fair. I would like, tell you who's better than both of them. Fucking Dave Batista. Dave Batista. See, <laughs> and okay, I talked a little bit about people having respect for the craft. Right. Dave Batista has fucking respect for the craft. He does, yeah. He was in Guardians 1, and I was like, okay, fine. Like, you have a fun character, and you're doing it well enough. I don't, like, you know, like, anytime you try to get at the emotional core of Drax, I felt a little, like, it felt, a block. A, it felt a little forced. There's a block, yeah. But you can tell that he was committed he's like no no this this is something that i'm serious about and he took classes because he came back for guardians 2 and he was fucking killing it and he did blade runner 2049 and he's just he's just been doing great work and continues to have respect and reverence
fans for the craft. And I think that we're seeing a little bit of that from Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right. Regardless of the vehicles that he's oh, choosing know, he's, to he's use. He's getting there. He's I think that he definitely also has been taking some sort of classes. Like you have to. You like, have to. See, I think a lot and then we'll move on quickly after, but I think when you come from a toxic environment that was wrestling in the late 90s and early 2000s, you have walls, emotional walls. Absolutely. Uh, sure. I do think so. So with them coming to acting, they realize, oh, I have to break down those walls. Some break down those emotional barriers faster than others. I think Dave was probably already a sensitive individual, which is not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing. It's good to be in touch with your emotions. Um, so I think it's easier for him to break down those walls when you have guys like John Cena and The Rock who may be tougher because they're a lot, maybe a little bit more macho. They may consider themselves to be, you know, the head motherfucker in charge sure, a lot of times. Sure. So not saying that those guys are shitty dudes, not saying that they're toxic or any of those, na- but I'm saying that that's probably what's going on um, as an actor. They realize, oh, wow, this is emotionally investing and tough right. and draining. I really have well, to break down those walls. And I, I think part of that is that they play such big, exaggerated characters right. in the wrestling world mm-hmm. that they that there might be some inclination that, oh, I can just transpose that to, yeah. to a script and be just like a character there, whereas it's, it is a little bit different when you are in an actual film and you need to, like, yes, you have a character, but you need to bring honesty to that character. Like, right. wrestling is showmanship, whereas good acting isn't necessarily showing, it's knowing. Right, exactly. Um, it comes out November the 8th. Do you think they're trying to get an Oscar nomination? <laughs> ben, you know damn well this is that they are Bates. going for best fucking film. Yes, of course. Best original script. I'm feeling best supporting actor. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Keegan Michael Key, Key. Key and the dog. And the dog, for sure. Uh, yep. That's crazy. That's just one bit of news. We're gonna go into uh, our next segment. I think. Are you good with that? Let's do Let's it. Do it. Let's move it on. This just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Netflix news. All right, first up in Flicks News, Space Jam 2, Malcolm D. Lee replacing Terrence Nance as director. Is Space Jam in trouble, do you think? That's my question I'm going to propose to us in Flicks News today. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you looked up the IMDb, and I concur with these sentiments that Terrence Nance is a director. If you look up his body of work that really embodies um, the black experience and tries to deep dive into the culture of what it is to be black and, and Malcolm D. Lee, great director who also features people of uh, African-American descent in a lot of his movies, is more about the funny aspect and more of a surface level, not slight deep dive, but more surface level of things going on, lighthearted and quick, witty type of deal. He did do Girls Trip. He did Roll Bounce, which was re- was something that I thought he really got into, um, which is one of an underrated movie. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. It was with Bow Wow, and Bow Wow was hot at the time. <laughs> but... Yeah, you know, this, they say it was amicably, the departure, but I'm beginning to think that there's something else going on behind the scenes. This movie sounds like it doesn't know what it wants to be. So what do you, do you mm. think Space Jam is in trouble? I've honestly been a little skeptical from the start. Like, right. I want it to be good. And we covered this a couple episodes ago. I, I do, I, I don't know if it's officially in trouble yet, but they are, they seem confused on where it's going and maybe right. they just agreed more 
more with Lee's vision. And that's cool because Lee is an accomplished comedy director. I think that Nance would have been really cool. I think personally, Nance probably would have had a little more nuanced story going on maybe a little bit uh, of social commentary even like when you when you did the space jam 2 pitch a while back where i don't know how well you or listeners recall this where you essentially sold the movie as an examination of what it means to be an nba star and how you are at times dehumanized and how like there's actually a person on the court regardless of whether or not they're playing well xyz and like how it affects their family and that sounds like a really cool nuanced story i'm willing to bet that that is the story maybe not verbatim but a story akin to that is what nance wanted to give us right and then lee came in and not to disparage lee's body of work and not to disparage lee as a director but lee did the final pitch we agreed would sell really well with <laughs> michael jordan new michael jordan right. money money bags of money yeah i think i so i think that they're going for a pure family-friendly safe comedy approach. I don't think that this movie is going to make any statements. I think they just want cartoons and humans playing basketball. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I would have tried to hire, if I could, and I don't know how the contracts work, somebody who works in Pixar. Mm. Because they walk that line brilliantly. Mm-hmm. That's brilliantly. true. That's a good point. With Coco, with toys, any of the Toy Stories. It's just inside out. They like It is marketable. They make tons of money, but at the end, you're always like, oh my god. Like, this kid kids movie just changed my fucking life this kids movie taught me something yeah Yeah. which is unfortunate but we don't know it might still be that it might still be that it very well could be you know again i should not cast judgment on malcolm d lee's vision that we know nothing about yet we we don't know we'll we'll see i don't think it's in trouble yet because you still got lebron james attached to it and you still have um ryan coogler who is he's still producing it so maybe they know smart guy maybe they know it's gone uh we don't know let's just go on to our next bit of news and hit us with that uh that 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 news you bet friends this is some hot news hot off the press some of y'all might have already heard about this lashana lynch is reportedly to be the new 007 but she probably won't be the next james bond whoa bittersweet bittersweet but like at the same time like this is i think this is probably the smartest move they could do right with this that with so many toxic fanboys yeah that's a good point that's a good point the toxic fans this is probably the easiest i mean you do want to be courageous and bold and you're like fuck it he's gonna be she's gonna be 007 and james bond but we know we're dealing with maybe this is i i like the move period though have a movie centered around a black woman that's amazing uh, well here's so. the thing it's so th- this is still like a lot of major publications have picked this up right. it is still primarily rumors to the point where it's almost confirmed because so many people have said it but it is still rumors some people are saying that the film will still center around Daniel Craig. Right. He's going to retire and she will be the 007, but he himself will still be the main focus of the film. So I'm willing to bet that she is in a supporting role. This She's is, the new 007. This is introduction. This is this is her introduction and here here's a great a great point that Vox brings up. We're not sure if 
her character survives to the end of the movie. Oh, shit. Like, that's something you need to consider. Like, yeah. just because she takes up the mantle of 007, 007's a very dangerous, is finds themselves in a lot of dangerous positions, whomever right. that agent may be at the time. So, sure, Daniel Craig retires. He's still going to be the main focus, which means that he's still doing spy shit, and Lashana Lynch's character will be 007, but will she survive? Well, let's hope so, because that would be a huge disappointment. I think that the fervor that they're receiving now and the the mostly support of the character in the transition i think they would be dumb and leave money on the table if they refuse to do that james bond as a series needs a reinvigoration like i don't know what I, the movie's old and tired it, it needs a shot in the arm okay. casino royale yeah, was a great film they're probably great. one of the best i bond love films. craig uh, daniel craig's bond i will say this that james bond as a character for some reason they don't want to change him and he He's problematic as fuck. Like, yes, and yep. it's like, it's like, come on, guys. Like, James Bond has not changed at all with the age, with the ages, at in the slightest. Um, and it's it's confusing, and it's just like it's kind of played out. So just let James Bond die with the rest of these motherfuckers, but give him a respectable send off because you know we followed him for a very long time, and let's focus on a new a new person taking up the 007 mantle. And I think this could be great. Yes, I understand that it might be an introduction of her character we might have to wait in another film for it to happen so you know we'll see we we will see there there's still so much up in the air again a lot of this is still rumors something that's right. cool that's promising is that they've attached as a writer phoebe waller bridge oh. now some people might recognize that name because she is getting serious serious acclaim for her work on fleabag she's going to be working behind the scenes she's going to be hopefully making sure that whatever capacity lashana lynch's character is used in is uh you know that it does justice to this casting you know right because there's talk that sure she's going to be 007 but she is like the bond girl like she is framed as a love interest for james bond like just because he's retiring doesn't mean he's out of the 007 life right so hopefully with her in in the writer's room you know they are able to to make sure that this is the best bond yet let's 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 set that bar for them i'm i'm confident on our humble little podcast that we can ask them to make this the best Bond yet. Right. Uh, Dan, I really wish they got Danny Boyle to direct, though. That was such a miss on their part. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's all we can do is wait and and, and watch it when it comes out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it brings us to our next bit of news. Fun bit of news. Mortal Kombat movie will be rated R and include fatalities. Duh. Duh. I mean, like, well, you, okay, so we say duh, but it could have been PG-13, because, like, weren't the original uh, yes. Mortal Kombat PG-13 or PG? Yeah, because they wanted to market it to kids because kids play the games or whatever but you can't can't do that. so okay i think i think that we owe this decision to the success of deadpool ah uh, yes i would be willing to say that yes they saw that rated r gory movies work and it uh, as well i mean go so far as blade was a rated sure, r uh, absolutely yeah uh you can make marketable rated r films you can make them mainstream and huge and not only that they they are generally liked better when you don't tone down the the source material like mortal Kombat is a rated m game it is the r right it is about as m as you can get right in a video game you're ripping spines out you're ripping spines out you're like poking people's eyes out right. you're eating their hearts they're, they're getting like grinded into like weird column gears like yeah. it is a gory gratuitous game and you cannot cannot do a film version of this 
is and just completely ignore that. Let it go by the wayside. Like that would be it. it no one would see it. No one would see it. Yeah, we saw what happened when they made Marvel or uh, um, DC versus Mortal Kombat, and they toned down the rating to T, and it just was trash. Psh, nobody like, wants this doesn't that make shit. Any sense. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Nobody wants that. But yeah, this movie that's a step in the gr- in a good direction. However, I have heard that they are creating a new char- lead character for this movie, and that's a disappointment. Hmm. I'm like, well, just why not just use um, the lore from the first like 11, 12 games, has a, you, and you have an opportunity to have an Asian lead. Mm, yes. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, and I think they maybe casting this person to be a person, uh, a, a Caucasian actor as well, the which ca- is confusing. The Caucasian. God, just confusing. I, I don't know if that's that. That may be in talk. That may be rumored. But if they do go that route, it is a disappointment. Just use the lore. Just use the lore. Just it's there. The, it's yeah. literally several games of lore. <laughs> it's close you to a dozen stories for you to pick from you don't need to create your own fucking story like it's there Fuck. uh what's that goddamn character's name i played mortal Kombat in fucking forever i haven't either hold on real quick let's look him up for two seconds luke dot i want to say kong leo but i know it's not kong leo that mortal luke kang there it is sure okay yeah luke kang yeah let's just use luke kang man this is to use him like come on god damn it as long as you get the guy who played shang soon his soul is mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> finish him. <laughs> that there's a lot up in the air with that. If I don't hear finish him one fucking time, I'm walking. Oh, out. I'm walking out. The, they had to keep the same score too. Dinner, 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 dinner. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, yeah, I bet you. Like, <laughs> I would be, I would be shocked. Right. And appalled if I did not hear a finish him or the classic do 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 song. Yes. Theme. Yeah. You know who they need to get to direct this? The fucking motherfuckers who directed uh, Detective Pikachu. Oh, sh- sure. Or the, whoever that person yeah. was who directed that. I mean, very different. But, but they still, you saw how. How well they were able to transpose a yes. video game into an actual story. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good call. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's. Or that's where my head is and I, I don't know if the director is attached to this more information will come out on this Mortal Kombat movie as it uh, unveils itself to us but uh, we're going to go on to our next segment how does that sound let's do it BB let's do it it's a bird it's a plane oh no 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 it's just first issue all right, gang. First up in first issue, some sad news. Taika Waititi's live-action Akira movie has been delayed. And not even just delayed. It's being reported entirely shut down. Oh, man. But he's still attached to it, though. He's still attached to it, but people people are saying that it's just it's dead in the water for the moment. That Warner Brothers has just straight up, like cut it that's a shame because akira is really good and i think waititi was a smart choice for a director to do a live action version i think it would have been so cool so so cool to see this story yeah. done well Ugh, it's just it's a head scratcher but apparently they just can't decide what to do with it right the there were budget constraint problems that they're they're behind schedule they were eight weeks out from shooting and nothing was built according to chris tapley of twitter 
Uh, they, they don't want this movie to happen, and that's really sad. Budget problems, script issues, just the whole the whole thing. It's they need to scrap it, redo it, and come up with a, a different idea. That's it. That's all. Scrap it. Uh, have different writers in the room. Uh, figure out the budget. Let's make this happen because it's money. I don't. Well, I don't know if it's money on the table. I'm not mean people. Like yes, Akira is huge among anime people and manga people, but I don't know how many casual moviegoers would know what Akira is. So I. <laughs> Which is probably why this movie is taking a long time to get off the ground. You can go up to a person right now on the street and be like, are you excited for this new Akira potential movie? They'd be like, I don't even know what that is. Is that a car? It's like, yeah. which is like disrespectful yeah. as hell. But like that is, it's the truth. It's, it's, it's the truth. So with that being said, maybe think about releasing it on like a Netflix platform. That or could a Hulu be. platform. Or even maybe, I don't know who owns the rights. Maybe Disney can grab the rights in Disney Plus. You know, because maybe that's the route that this needs to take. So, and this is reported by Justin Kroll of Variety, but apparently he's quoted as saying, the studio was not only surprised, but a little caught off guard by Waititi's decision to jump from Akira to Thor 4. They had no idea that he was going to sign on to Thor 4, but I think that's indicative of how much yeah. trouble they've been having with the production that he's like, well, you know, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do Thor 4. Yeah, fuck if you guys. can't get your shit together, like, I'm not going to be part of a messy, a messy set. He likes to run his sets very prepared and very laid back and fun and right. if it's not going to be fun for him i totally could see what td being like this no like i'm not going to lessen my quality of life to try to make art that you're not going to let me make i don't know how much money they have already attached to this but i think the safest bet is to scrap it come up with a different script a new script new writers again and start from the bottom up and then realize that maybe this isn't the best thing to come out on a wire release maybe you should try it maybe an independent release and or uh, a streaming platform because if that's the way that this brilliant piece of work can get off the ground then you need to do it and you need to do it justice please don't give us a death note again uh, that movie was just the worst <laughs> just the worst and i don't think adap anime adaptations are that hard at least in my brain I, again i'm not the <laughs> I don't have to a whole crew to worry about. I, I don't have millions of dollars to have to worry about. I, I don't know cam like I know cameras, but I don't know them that well. And I don't know how to direct that well. I mean, I think, but in my brain, in my head, like I can totally picture an anime movie working. And I just think a lot of producers, a lot of white male producers probably too, who just don't understand anime sure. in our manga. And they're like, why can we make money from this? It's dead. It's dead in the water. It's not, it's not a thing. It's like, no, there are brilliant stories you just have to be creative in, in, in how to translate that yeah um so let's move on to our next topic taika watiti to direct thor 4 which is kind of one topic it's a lot of taiko in this first issue but he's a busy man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and thor 4 is happening that's great glad to know it and taika is coming back he really reinvigorated this thor franchise ian how do you feel about taiko returning i think it's the best decision that they could have yeah. made for this i'm excited to see what he does with Thor now, like post Avengers arc. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what his story is going to be at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all like, we've seen him grow so much. Where where does he go? It's like his story is over, I feel. Almost. Almost. I mean, they clearly don't think so. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this, which tells me that he's probably the linchpin in their phase four plan. The fact that phase four 
floor it's plan. Fair. Did I say floor plan? I don't no, know. No, you said I'm, floor plan. Thank God. But, but yeah, I, I think that that's what I, I, I guarantee you. Spider-Man, Thor, those are the two that stick out to me, but they will be key in setting up whatever happens in Phase 4 and introducing all of the new heroes. Yeah, I think Thor's probably going to open up the even more the cosmic um, scale events in the MCU. He's probably going to run into something that he had no idea about, or maybe he did, and he's like, I can't believe it's the, the these beings. We need to we need to fucking warn our Earth, like, now, you know, or maybe he'll run into the Fantastic Four, who've been out there in space. It'd be, be really cool, fantastic, fantastic Thor movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I love it. I love his style. I love that he made Thor lighthearted and goofy. It was it was great. It was a much needed thing after Thor: The Dark World, which was trash. So good on him. So let's move on to our next seg, or uh, not in segment, our next bit of news. This in is interesting. Just real quick. Oh, Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Because <laughs> because we're on Thor four, right. I want to talk about this. Right. There is a user on Reddit that discovered a bunch of reserved facebook names Mm -hmm. for a bunch of marvel properties that essentially they haven't published anything and are not yet active pages but the names are reserved and created so this is this is reported by inverse Mm -hmm. but apparently marvel studios is expected to announce its phase four slate of new movies sometime this week and they've discovered like this uh reddit user has discovered phantom facebook pages or social media pages that are registered by an unknown party but haven't published any content Mm -hmm. And this is just a list of all of the reserved pages, which I think is very enlightening and very coincidental that they pop up now the same week that Marvel is gearing up to roll out all of their Mm -hmm. phase four plans. But we've got Fantastic Four, Loki, Valkyrie, She-Hulk, Namor, Namor, N-A-M-O-R, Namor, Namor, Mm -hmm. Sinister Six, Mm -hmm. Spider-Woman, Masters of Evil, The Deviants, and The Celestials. Ooh, the Namor thing is complicated. Especially okay. She-Hulk as well, because they're owned by Universal. So if the, unless they worked up some crazy deal mm. with Universal that they can have solo movies, I'm skeptical a, a little bit. Sure, yeah. But again, it's the MCU, and it's Kevin Feige. So he probably did work up some crazy deal to be like, hey, we're going to use these. Deal with it. We're making you billions of dollars. They're like, okay. All right, Lord Daddy Feige. <laughs> so, Yeah. That that's interesting. I like that. We'll we'll learn this week. So we will. There, we, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We'll learn this week. The Marvel is. I believe that's what San Diego Comic Con is when they're in Hall H this year. I believe so. They will let us know. Um, and we'll try to keep you updated with our um, social media here about the MCU dropping uh, the Phase Four movies to the best of our ability. Uh, let's see. Next up, next up, next up in first issue. What you got for me, BB? I think it. I think it's you. Is it? Is it you? Or is it me? It is me. Sorry. Okay, you're good. You know, Dave Batista wishes that Drax had killed Thanos in Avengers Endgame. Did you know that? Because that's know, some that's, that's some crazy. first issue news that that's we got first, here. That's first issue news. Uh, not much news. <laughs> not really news. Just kind of a fun fact. It's a fun fact. Do you, do you wish he killed... Th- uh, not Thor. Do you wish he killed Thanos? <laughs> that was a different movie. Drax killed Thor. Yeah. Now, I think I'm willing to bet that every person wanted to be the one to kill Thanos. I could see why Batista would have wanted Drax to do it, specifically because he is tied to like the genocide of Drax's people right but so is in that same note in that same note so is Gamora so is technically Tony Stark right yeah. so you know like 
Yeah. Uh, it does theoretically make sense if either Drax or Gamora killed him and our um, Nebula, but mm, sure, you can't you can't pass up the moment with Tony Stark. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like and then saying I am Iron Man. That's, yeah, it's, it's too good. Ass line. Yeah, yeah, it's too good. That's I mean, yeah, we understand though. Like, of course, and also he 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 wants to. Who wouldn't want to as a character and as a actor get that? You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It, it, I think that the way that they concluded Avengers Endgame was the best possible scenario for an emotional impact. They, right, yeah. It, so, sorry, Dave. Yeah, man. Sorry, I did. Sorry, BB. the best way but, they could yeah. do it. And Captain America wielding fucking Milnor. Like, yep. <laughs> Which is funny because reportedly the Russo brothers hadn't planned on doing that. Yeah. But Kevin Feige like told them, he's like, hey, you remember that like thing you hinted at? No, use it. Fucking use it. What? Like Feige Kevin was like, Feige. he was like, he was like, fuck it. No, give that dude the hammer. Like right. show that he's worthy. And like, what a cool freaking moment. Jeez. You just need some motherfucking busting down doors. Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Feige's coming in the room, guys. <laughs> Nigga, didn't I tell you use the hammer? <laughs> didn't I tell your ass? Throws the desk. <laughs> Use the hammer, goddammit. All right, Feige, Lord Daddy Feige. You, gotta, you, know, you, you know best. You know best. Let's move on to our next segment, um, which is always fun and enlightening. Let's, let's learn what we should be watching. Oh, boy. Boom, boom. Netflix now. All right, gang, we're here at Netflix now, and I'm going to talk about two films briefly, one of which I know for a fact a lot of our listeners already know, and you might know it too. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm going to talk about it just because I love this damn movie so much. In my opinion, it is probably one of the best films that came out in late 2018. It recently dropped on Netflix. It is 110% worth your time. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sees teen Miles Morales becoming the Spider-Man of his reality crossing his path with five counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. Now, the directors are Peter Ramsey, Bob Parachetti, and Rodney Rothman. It features a stacked, stacked, stacked cast. We've got Haley Steinfeld as Spider-Woman. We've got Jake Johnson as the lethargic Peter B. Parker featuring. Uh, we have Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, which is as ridiculous as it sounds. You've got Brian Tyree Henry as Miles' father, Jefferson Davis. You have Chris Pine as Peter Parker, the Spider-Man man that dies that miles takes over for now ain't that fucked up they don't tell you who plays miles morales i gotta remember his name i'm going to the imdb page okay that's crazy shameek moore as miles morales who does a fantastic job the the mahersha ali playing uncle aaron it's just there's so many good people lily tomlin as aunt may when i say that this this movie is damn near perfect it is damn near perfect the style of animation is beautiful the soundtrack is incredible this film deserves your attention it's on netflix now you gotta go fucking watch it i'm not gonna say a lot because i don't want to spoil anything you just gotta you gotta check it out it doesn't take itself seriously i've shown this film to people who are like i can't do superhero movies well watch this they love it i can't do animated movies well watch this yep. and they love it this film caters to everybody even if you're skeptical like mm, i don't know i just like 
It seems like a kid's movie. It is, but guess what? Kids movies can be fucking good. And this yeah. movie transcends that by far, far and large. A, it also has an Oscar. It also cough, has an cough. Oscar, so shut your damn mouth <laughs> and put aside your biases and go watch one of the best damn movies to come out, I'll say it, this decade. Yeah. Fight me. I will die on this spider hill. Best Spider-Man movie. By far. Sorry, MCU. I, I really, really like what you're doing. I love Tom Holland. I think that he's a treasure. Into the Spider-Verse still stands as the best Spider-Man film. And I'm going to move on to a second great movie that you need to check out on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's so, so sweet and fun. It's called Someone Great. And this film features Gina Rodriguez as Jenny Young. You've got Brittany Snow as Blair Helms. You've got DeWanda Wise as Aaron Kennedy. Lakeith Stanfield as the love interest. Nate, Nate Davis is his name. You have Rosario Dawson playing Hannah Davis. There's so many good people. You have Michelle Buteau just being the comical gem that she is. And this film is directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. The premise is, dumped by her long-term boyfriend, a music journalist recruits her two best friends for one last outrageous adventure in New York City before she moves to San Francisco. And friends, when I tell you this movie has got it all, it's got it all. It's got love. It's got unrequited love. It's got... It, what, what it truly does best and what it excels in is just being a great buddy film. And what's more, a great buddy film featuring three women. And it's just about the strength and bonds of friendship. There, there's always... We've all had friends who have moved away and you always like there's that tinge of fear that you're like I hope that we stay as close and this film confronts that fear beautifully and it you got to watch it all the way through to get to the ending it's very sweet Lakeith Stanfield and Gina Lakeith Stanfield and Gina Rodriguez's chemistry is great and you truly root for them and there is this gut-wrenching moment towards the end where you're like oh, and something I ah, I don't want to spoil this film for you I highly recommend someone great especially if you're just in a little low place and you need to pick me up this this film just reminds you that even if you have a whole continent between you your friends are always going to be there for you and it, it's it's just a great pick me up i i would highly recommend both of these films a hundred percent worth your time this is going to be my segment i want to keep it brief i want to keep it snappy for you check out someone great and spider-man into the spider-verse now yeah don't get it's there now don't get don't get home now do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes the trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, babies. It's time to learn some things. Yes, knowledge is power. The more you know. The more you know about movies, the, well, the more you'll know about movies. <laughs> That's eloquent. I think Socrates <laughs> said that himself. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from ancient Greece yeah, philosophers. Ancient Greece. They were huge cinephiles. Yeah, huge cinephiles. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, today, we're since the news of the new 007 popped up this week, we're going to do some James Bond trivia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm James ready. Bond I'm excited. Yeah, what let's you got for this. me? All right. All right. Yeah, kick it off. What was the first James Bond movie? Mm. Goldfinger, Dr. No, Moonraker, or From Russia with... With love. I'm gonna go with Doctor No. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I gave that one away. Woo. Uh. So I just knew the 
other three came later in Doctor No. Right. Like I know that Moonraker was one that I think it's like the bad one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, it's like the really bad that's one. That's the really bad. There've been there've been bad ones, but that one's really that one's usually like held in the yeah, lowest yeah, acclaim. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone's like, this is the one to watch if you want to watch something. To be bad. fair, for Russia with Love is the second. So I actually was it really? Yeah, it's the second James Bond film. Interesting, and yeah. I only you'll see why yeah. I have a trivia question okay about, about oh i yeah, see yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I, so i kind of cheated okay I it's guess. fine no 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 it's all good all that's right. the nature of the game baby that's it so ian fleming wrote the james bond novels and he based a lot of it off of his own life but he needed a name for his character where did ian fleming come up with the eponymous james bond name did he get it from the author of a cookbook did he get it from the editor of a sociology textbook did he get it from an ornithologist who wrote a bird watching manual or did he lift it from a lampshade manufacturer the lampshade manufacturer it's actually an ornithologist oh wow who wrote a that's bird a watching one. manual wow that's funny as fuck <laughs> that was a pure guess i had no idea i i would have never known yeah, that yeah. either but that's interesting <laughs> now you guys know now you know james yeah. bond was originally just some dude that really liked birds that's incredible <laughs> incredible you ready for your second one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what james bond film features christopher walken as a billionaire industrialist max zorin mm. for your eyes only octopussy a view to kill or license to kill fuck i think i know this one too oh god a Go view to it. kill right i believe you're right sir because Ooh. and i almost included this in the trivia but i wasn't sure how to phrase it right. david bowie was actually approached for uh, that role and I turned see. it down to do Labyrinth. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Sorry. It's all Shit. good. This it's is what happens good. when we do trivia about it's something all, so yeah. specific. We find like crossover, it's blah, blah, blah. This is for, mostly for our listeners, right? Oh, yeah. No, this is in no way selfish at all. Right, like, yeah, I no, definitely right. don't want to just sound like no, a know it all no, whenever someone right. talks <laughs> about movies. This is definitely not that. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Give me, uh, give me the next question. Okay. Which two famous people died less than? Than a week after watching the latest Bond film in their current time. Was it JFK and Elvis? Was it Alan Rickman and Robin Williams? Or was it David Bowie and Terry Pratchett? Give me the names again. Sure. Was it JFK and Elvis? Was it Alan Rickman and Robin Williams? Or was it David Bowie and Terry Pratchett? Now, mind you, these deaths happened at separate times. They just happened to watch right. the Bond film that was most current at, their, at the time of their death. So, David Bowie and no, uh, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Elvis and JFK. It, yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> JFK yeah. watched from Russia with love wow. one day before his assassination, literally the wow. day before. And then Elvis saw, I forget which one, but Elvis saw one of the Bond films six days before his death. So note to self, don't watch a Bond film. Yeah, when the next Bond film comes out, just just pass it by just and you'll live forever. You'll if live. you never watch another Bond film, Jeez. science says that you will live forever. Jeez, that's crazy. All right, you ready for your third and final one? You are on a roll right now. Hit me with this numero trace. I want, I want the third. Give me a give me a, a brain tickler. What is the first Bond movie to feature a scene with rain? Ooh. Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, Skyfall, or Casino Royale? Oh. Hmm. 
That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Skyfall. You would think with the Skyfall, but it's actually Casino Royale. It is Casino Royale. Damn it. That yeah. was my... Uh. Yeah, that's the first James Bond to feature a, a scene with rain. That's right. Yeah. Because I was trying to remember if like the self-defibrillation scene happened in the rain. It doesn't. It just happens at night. But yeah. I knew I knew it had to be a Daniel Craig movie. Yeah. It's the grittier Bond. Like They don't yeah. mind showing him all wet and not made up. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. fuck. But you would think like maybe the Pierce Brosnan films would have him in rain. Yeah. Well, he's Because a romantic still... kiss or something like that. Like, okay, yeah, true. Not, yeah, yeah. Not the gritty aspect, but just like, yeah. him, like saving one of the James Bond Super women. Super romantic. Like, yeah. Like, the rain's crashing down around them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see you. Yeah, I see that, you. That's where I would have probably been like, oh, that's tough. But yeah, Christina Royale. Fun side fact. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig is the only actor to play James Bond who's been under six feet tall. Really? Yeah. He's 5'10". Oh, wow. He's like my height. Yeah. Oh, yay. Well, that's nice There's hope yet, Ben. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yay. Short. Well, actually, average guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me the third question, and hopefully I get one right. I've been right. on a bit of a funk. You know but... you got the second one right. Oh, yeah. No, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Give sure. yourself some credit. I already dunk it on myself. Easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Which was the first James Bond film to feature lasers? Was it Goldeneye? Was it Moonraker? Was it A View to Kill? Or was it Goldfinger? It's Goldfinger. It was Goldfinger. I, 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 was that one that you researched too? Yeah. Yep, there it is. <laughs> but like, so yeah, they, they went with lasers, even though the novel called for a buzzsaw, but yeah. the movie producers thought that sounded boring and tired and stupid. So like, just make it a fucking laser beam. A laser. Just make it a laser beam. That's funny as fuck. Right? <laughs> I wholly approve of that choice. Yeah, I love yeah, it a lot. Yeah, because it works. Yeah. And it's now like, I guess, just as tropey and cheesy, but it's a classic. Right, yeah. It's, it's tropey and cheesy now. They, they right. are the originators. Yeah. That's your excellent right. point. Right, yeah, yeah. Excellent point. And was like, let's do that. You remember that scene in James Bond with lasers? Let's do that. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Boy, that was fun. We've had good times, good laughs. Oh, we've cried a little. There was some tears. There was some tears. There's some sweat and blood there too. It was. We got it all for you. We got we, it all. We put it all on yep. the sacrificial altar of your ears, and you decide whether or not th- we live to die another day. Yeah, I like that. I like what you did there. Thank you. We <laughs> really hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy recording and researching for you, my friends. Yeah, yeah, this is great. You know what? If people want to look up this podcast, I look you up. What, what, where can they find you, Ian? If you're trying to find me, I'm just memeing and living on Twitter at babygotknack. You can look me up as Sir Yikes a lot. There's an exclamation point, part, mark, point, mark in there after Yikes. <laughs> Oh, man, this is a rough outro. You can also find me on Facebook <laughs> as Ian Mutiner, friends. Uh, ben, where can the people find you and your online presence? Well, if you are going to raid Area 51, I might be there, too. We might do a podcast outside of the base. Live podcast. Live podcast outside of Area 51 because we're trying to see them aliens and clap them alien cheeks. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter at BT Jenkins 91 and on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can also find us, Too Many Flicks, at, at 
Too Many Flicks. That's the number two, and that's an X at the end on any social media platform. You can also look up our email at too many flicks.chicago.com. Again, that's the number two and an X at the at end. At gmail.com. Oh, sorry, at gmail.com. Like, <laughs> you, this is a totally different thing. At gmail.com. You've heard me correctly. Too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. Thank you. You can send all <laughs> queries that way. Yeah. You can send us your hate mail. Send us your love mail. Send us, you know, yeah. I don't know, send us some spicy movie memes. Right. Do you have a movie meme? Send, send it. it to you. Or look up our website, which is actually too many flicks.com. That is yes. the real dot com. Yes. That is the, but yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. You know, like Fraser Crane, I'm listening. Is he gonna? Uh, do we do we have to pay him now? I, that's what I, that's what I, my main concern is. Is that we have made no money from this podcast, but we now owe the creators of Dr. Fraser Crane two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Remember, we watch all the. Wait, God damn it! <laughs> this is crazy, friends. Yeah, we are too many flicks, and we watch all the movies so that you don't have to. God damn right. <laughs> let's just let's just do it again. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do it again. We're too many flicks and we watch all the flicks so that you don't have to. Oh boy. <laughs>